0: Murder? Mayhem? Mormons? Why not? You know me and my favorite subject, but let's make it a little dicier. Literally. (laughs) I found another Exmo, and we are together collaborating to make Bloody Tales just for you, Blood Atonement, a new series from Unfiltered Rise and Hellfire Agency, where we take you down that murderous path. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Unfiltered Rise. And today I have an esteemed guest with me. I cannot say how happy I am to have him. And I have William Ramsey here. William Ramsey, thank you so much for doing my show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the invite. I'm glad to be here.
0: Absolutely. I'm a huge fan, uh, like I was saying, and I'm just happy to actually be able to talk with you. And Today we're going to go down the Mormon trail, right?
1: Yeah. It's (laughs) an interesting one. Yeah. (laughs) It's an amazing it. Can, it can take Mormonism it. Yeah. is
0: amazing, yeah. It's very strange. Um, so you did come prepared for some slides today, so I'll add these to the stage. This is the first one you're wanting up, yes?
1: Yeah, this is the one that is the cover of the new book that goes into Joseph Smith and I think his brother or his dad and Mormonism. It's called Method Infinite Freemasonry and the Mormon Restoration from a more uh, restoration perspective. So it's, you know, members of the church acknowledging that Joseph Smith has this kind of uh, heritage, you know, this kind of ideological yes. heritage. So. But that's mm-hmm. not the slide that was the cover I wanted to show you. My slides are on the next box. That's it. Okay. And there my research is based upon this book. This guy got excommunicated from the Mormon church. His name was D. Michael Quinn. And he wrote Early Mormonism and the Magic Worldview. It's, I think, a very well-researched book. An academic book, so it's not some of the other kind of anti-Joseph Smith, anti-Mormon books kind of edge off into salaciousness to a certain extent. They have the axe to grind, or they're some other Christian denomination. But I found this to be very objective and sourced. So some of my stuff comes from there, and some of my stuff comes from online.
0: Awesome, yeah, I I love this book. I have this book. Um, I think originally, when he wrote it, he wasn't trying to cause any harm and he fell. and then it went down a weird, weird turn, and like you said, excommunication was the result. So yeah, so not, not not fun for him. to
1: be back, so it wasn't fun. Never fun. <laughs> and love, he had a family never. just like you in the in the church. Too, yes.
0: So, uh, yeah, that's never fun.
1: Recrimination. So maybe you could go to the next slide. Yes, of course. And this is what I talk about all the time. This is. Joseph Smith's one of his shoe stones. So there's actually a book and there'll be a cover on one of my slides of his shoe stone. So he was definitely interested in this and you'll see, uh, I have an affidavit of him finding a shoe stone during one of his early digs as a young teenager and keeping it. So, yes. uh, yes. It's really he kind of stole it.
0: Yeah. He stole it from yeah. his neighbor.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. There's something important about the stone. And these are actually featured, I think, in the one of the leading Mormon museums in Esa, uh, Salt Lake City. So this is this is from Mormon history. And I'm familiar yes. kind of with this technique because I studied Alistair Crowley and he did the same kind of technique with a guy by the name of Sidney Rigdon. Um, no, that was Smith. He did it with a guy by the name of uh, oh, I can't remember it offhand. But I think also scrying, D and Kelly for
0: sure. Yes, scrying D. There, yeah. That's the one I always go back to as John D. I John think, um, D. and Kelly. So absolutely. they had that same dynamic
1: yes. where one of them is the scryer and the other is the scribe. And so yes. Joseph Smith was the scryer and Rigdon was the scribe. And Victor yes. Newberg was the guy who was the scribe for Crowley. So when I kind of saw that, and I you know I did a lot of stuff on Crowley ten years ago. But right. I think Crowley even had a kind of interest in Smith. He kind of, I think he saw Smith as a semi-fellow traveler. He was, yes. he knew the ceremonial magic aspect of Smith. I think differently than maybe somebody who comes at Smith from a standard Christian perspective. Um, but uh, so this is the shoe stone. It's like a real part of their history, but there's, I mean, there's so much magic and you can go through that Quinn book and see that the, right. fan, the he, Smith did not, come out of this like um you know like independently he was from a magical family his dad is a mason and his mom had kind of this kind of rural home household magic stuff that she did like yeah kind of like in this like a new ager of the time if you will i mean I think she was, yeah, she
0: was Scottish and a a healer, um, a well-known healer in the, in the area. And then um, her father was actually the immigrant from Scotland. So doesn't surprise me one little bit with some of the stuff we end up with. Right.
1: Right. And I think even um, like Joseph Smith acknowledged in some of his later lectures, his belief in witchcraft. Like I think in one of the books I wrote when he was, I died at 38, he had a remarkable life, but Sometime later in his late 30s, he was talking about witches or something like that. Like, it's mm-hmm. just an acknowledgement of that kind of magic worldview, right?
0: Definitely. Uh, he definitely did. Are we ready yeah, for the next? Yeah, uh, sure.
1: And this is the go. book I'm talking about. This is from Mackey. Who's, this is a famous last name in Mormonism for people who don't know. You probably know the Mackeys.
0: Yes. I think, definitely. I think
1: maybe he's also famous in amazing. But uh, Joseph Smith's Deerstone. So all these stones that he collected, it wasn't just one. So right maybe you can go to the next yes of course and so like this is you can find this from church these are church sources and this is according to elder russell m nelson joseph smith would put the seer stone into a hat and put his face into a hat drawing it closely around his face to exclude the light and in the darkness the spiritual light would shine a piece of something resembling parchment would appear and on that appeared the writing one character at a time would appear, and under it was the interpretation in English. Brother Joseph would read off the English to Oliver Cowdery, Cowdery, who was his principal scribe, and when it was written down and repeated to Brother Joseph to see if it was correct, then it would disappear, and another character with the interpretation would appear. And that's from David Whitmer, who I think was really one of the earlier converts, if I remember.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And also, um, I found a sample of this because at one point they tried to have um, their work authenticated with Martin Harris, uh, which was the first guy that helped him scry after Emma, his wife. And um, he had taken it in to have it authenticated as Reformed Egyptian. Have you heard this story?
1: Yeah. Didn't he go to New York City or something to go to some yeah. Yeah, scholar? Yeah. Yeah. Scholar.
0: And so I have a sample, which I'll show here later. And I compared them side by side to John d.snokian alphabet. and it's it's uh, it's remarkable. yes. Wow. I, I, I actually, yeah, I actually have everybody that hears my story. I kind of came to the conclusion because there's some different weird things. That are a cult in nature and i didn't understand them so as a person that doesn't understand something i researched it right and it led me right to john d and i was like who's john d like and so i started studying john d and i really almost believe well i truly believe that he didn't get high on mushrooms yes he was a charismatic yes he definitely was from this family but i think he saw something and i think he saw the same angels that possibly john d and edward kelly saw Because it's very strange. He says he saw upwards of 24 apparitions and dead (laughs) people. I mean,
1: it's so So many. It's very very similar to D, like the commonalities. And I just saw something like I was researching today. And it was like the reformed language of the 32nd degree of masonry. And it looked like the Enochian language. And I was like, God, that looks kind of like Enochian. But I didn't make that connection until you said that. So, yeah, it's anyway, so close. It's wild. So a lot of people don't know this is like the foundation of the beginning of the Book of Mormon, too, right? The Book of Mormon was S- received this way. There's, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there two different origin stories? Because there's one of that he's getting like this thing, well because he says there's he received four. it from an. Angel, there's four. Yes. Okay. okay. I thought there was two, but like one is that there were golden plates. And that he was allowed to get them at a certain time of his life and translate mm-hmm. them. So he would go back yes. to the Hill Cumora, right, which is still like a pilgrimage site for Mormons or LDS people from all over the world. Really, is that this is the most important event since the Christian era, right? Because it was the beginning yeah. of the restoration.
0: Right. Yeah, they they definitely hold it as holy, like uh, the same as Jewish people going, you know, to their motherland with everything like to go to Israel is a big deal. Jerusalem is a bit, you know, all of this kind of Mecca thing. They do this with the Hill Camorra. My grandma actually did that and they make a big, huge thing of it. Like they want to see all the sites related to it in the home and, you know, all that. But yeah.
1: Because that's the beginning. So like this is, and in, in Joseph Smith is the kind of rece- recipient of the apostolic tradition, right? So he gets laid hands on by yes. Peter and Paul, is that right? Or Jesus and Paul? Yeah, Peter. and
0: yeah, I read. He was the the Melchizedek priest, or the I think first the ironic, but it all comes together later. There's the ironic priesthood first, and then Melchizedek second. Yes, and he he restored. You're right, restoration of the priesthood. So they get into that for sure. Yep, all of that.
1: Let's see. I actually can move this up. <laughs> oh, this is an interesting. Okay. Yeah, I can do it. This is an interesting meme. It says, "I wouldn't say <laughs> I've ever been a magician, but I once pulled an entire religion out of my hat." That's so and true. these are more of his That's seer so stones. True. Like, you can just see these. These are all readily available. And they're not consistent with kind of uh, Orthodox Christian tradition. They they cannot be seen. Definitely in
0: not. In
1: anything, whether it's Roman, Catholic, Protestant, or Orthodox, really. Right. And just more signs. This is from Quinn's book, like a lot of sun symbols. And even the temple, the main temple in uh, Salt Lake City, has moon phases and things like that, which is... Much yeah. more kind of astrological and occultic than Christian. I've never seen that in a Christian church. Well,
0: and they're redoing the temple right now. And I've heard this is a rumor as of now, but I am not a hundred percent that they are taking those out, that they are covering them up.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So <clears throat> and then um this is the rumored well, there's this theme of Jupiter that goes through Joseph Smith's life, like this Jupiter mm-hmm. insignia and things like that. And we'll see more about his family too. But this was rumored to be, and I think yes. the rumor was verified that... It was verified, yep, that he wore and it always. Had, yep. He had this seal of Jupiter <clears throat> uh, coin or whatever it is, this thing that he carried around. And it's consistent with he had the specialized cane that also had the seal of Jupiter. And it looks a lot like uh, what you see on the, and this is like a layman, or what you see on Crowley's seal of Babylon, this X. Mm-hmm. yes, the seal of Jupiter. Yeah, so Jupiter almost,
0: talisman. Yep. And his yeah. wife actually verified it was his because she wanted it back when he died. So, so she
1: wanted part of his possessions. Yeah. Right? Yes. So it's kind of a, and it's not something it's in, so for people like you could hear this now, it was not something that he ever brought out in my understanding in any environment. So it wasn't no. like, okay, today is Sunday, the 2nd of February. I'm showing you guys my Jupiter talisman. It was like right. an item of his own, right? So it was like one of his ones. Yes which uh, is very telling to me
0: yes absolutely
1: and this is the cane so this is also from quinn's book and it shows this is the serpent cane on display at the lds museum of church history and art and it has these kind of it has the jupiter and saturn both rule over serpents it's above something that has the letters j and s joseph smith and uh it's really wild (laughs) Like these are, yeah, these are and the oil head of like a
0: weird snake, yeah, like it's like a creature. Right, snake and then the top.
1: family had an athame. They don't even mention it. Quinn doesn't yes. seem to know the term, a theme, or athame or a t h a m e, but it's a ceremonial dagger, and they all yes. use it in ceremonial magic. If you're a ceremonial magi- magician, you have a cup, a wand, a dagger. I can't remember all, of them. but you have implements that you're supposed to like. You know, you're supposed to make changes in the world. According to your ceremonial magic, but the family had it, so he's yes from this with the Mars
0: life. yes with the Mars insignia on it, Come which on. is only used for um occult like like you were saying occult ritual sacrifice. And the neighbors actually verified this at one of his trials that they used that knife um to when they were on a treasure hunt. And this is great that he got you know arrested because these are not like hearsay. This is affidavits to the court. From these neighbors stating um that yes, they they used this knife, they slit the black sheep, one of his fattest black sheep at midnight, made a circle and used a sword to do the circle and what?
1: let it bleed all that. over. Yes. I didn't <laughs> know that. So That's crazy. in one of the early court records.
0: Yes. Wow. Uh William, I'll find the last name. But yes. Well, look, like, you can and find they, it.
1: We can work on it because I do have some of those early affidavits and court records. They do yeah, exist. Yeah. So like this, some of these are in his from his first wife, Emma Hill. Her dad was not on board with Joseph. So no, it's up into court writing. Yeah. So he was not happy. And and it shows his, I think Joseph Smith's early manipulation of how he would get people to do things. So he would say Mm -hmm. there's buried treasure over there, you know, 30 miles and we got to go check it out. It's too big for me to carry. Let's bring the horse Mm -hmm. and buggy and then they would get there and there wouldn't be anything there and the guy was like <laughs> what the heck is going on and it just turns out that he just wanted to go there for some, uh we just drop by Emma and I want to talk to her or something like that and then right. they would go back like he would pull these stunts and it just shows his kind of like i think his early manipulative manipulativeness to like get Definitely. what he wants by his by his his kind of fables like his myth making and stuff but yeah so many so of his
0: is, um counter counterparts that helped him said even if you were to be in a room with joseph after he did you so wrong he would talk you out of it in five minutes flat and you would be just hugging and smiling (laughs) so he was quite the charismatic
1: (laughs) yeah he was a frontier kind of to me he was like a confidence man or a frontier Mm -hmm. type like that but he could get away with it with his charm and stuff right yeah it's like really something else and this is another giveaway (laughs) They have a fr- they have a freaking magic pouch like this isn't Christian yes. so this is another thing definitely this not a, christian <laughs> this is all verified like these are full things i don't i would like to see that reference about the
0: yes knife and the, the goat that's it. really a shocker yes. a,
1: i've never heard that but yeah so for people who are if they are watching this it's the pouch accompanying the magic parchments of the joseph smith family English Books yes. of Magic instructed that magic pouchments, I think it's pouchments, be kept in a, parchments be kept in a pouch of this kind. So, I mean, they have all the implements. And this is really a, something that I've really never talked about. This is the holiness to the Lord, golden parchment yes. of the Joseph Smith family. And it's just like uh, littered with all kinds of occult symbols, right? It's just like you. So they, much. They, Yeah. And he just takes it apart. Like, this is where this is from. This is where this is from. And for people who've seen this, like maybe they've seen one or those two writings, but like they had it all down. It's just incredible.
0: And one of my um, people that I did a collaboration on, not this particular parchment, but a different one um, that I'll show you, it's called the Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah parchment. He said that is definitely a uh, magical symbol that we use. And he said it's for protection. A lot of times you see this for pregnant women and it goes, I'll show you, it goes like in a spiral, but he said, this is definitely an incantation. And then usually they put it over the pregnant woman's belly and then they burn it and all this stuff like it. It's very definitely magical. Yeah. Wow. that's amazing. It was wild.
1: <laughs> so like this, and I think Quinn in that book, the early Mormonism and the magic worldview, he kind of breaks down each one of the symbols that is found in the family parchment. So like this is one that he found and there was a book going around very uh, you know, has a lot of pregnant with meaning is the Magus was literally the book that was kind yes. of being around New York at that time. And I mean, who how much Joseph and this family took from that and became kind of a American Magus really, uh, which I haven't seen well, the name Magus yeah,
0: applied to they Joseph say- Smith, but it should be. Because they say he was a dumb farm boy that never knew anything and he couldn't have possibly got his hands on it. What they failed to tell people is his brother actually did and completed four years at Dartmouth at the Indian College inside of Dartmouth. And his uncle was actually like a headmaster over there that was actually also over the Masonic Lodge. So bologna. He was a sick kid, um, couldn't leave his bed very often. He had had typhoid fever and had to heal for years and years. And so what would you bring a kid that couldn't go outside? A book. It well, only makes sense, right?
1: And that's why you <laughs> had that cane, right? Because he had he had yes. one of his legs didn't grow or something happened. Like he always walked with a limp my understanding yes that right? yeah
0: it was left over from the typhoid fever he actually okay. ended up with osteomyelitis in his uh bone and they did multiple surgeries his mother saved his leg because she oh. said just cut out the bad piece and that wasn't a common thing back then really they used to just chop the leg off so wow. Wow. but he was able to keep yeah. it so
1: that's wild so so there you go so like he's more connected where's Dartmouth is upstate New York too right I mean it's not that far yeah. from where they were
0: not it, it's not far <clears throat> Well, yep.
1: Yeah, so this validates what you said. This is from, <coughs> excuse me, a section in the book. It says, his son's widow, Emma Hale-Smith gave also gave a member of Bidamon family various items she affirmed were sacred possessions, possessions of her martyred husband, Joseph Jr. In addition to original manuscripts of Mormon scripture, these artifacts included an intricately engraved silver piece. This object has been identified without question as a magic talisman fashioned, according to instructions, oops, of an early, of an 1801 occult handbook. And I think that's the the magus, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So there it is. This is the up kind of close medallion with the thing. One of the interesting things about Mormonism is they had an interest in phrenology. So like they would publish Mormon books and also phrenology at the same time. It's amazing.
0: They weren't, they, you know, they definitely were, um, going somewhere which is why it caught on right. i think it made sense to a lot of people in that era that
1: anyway point. i think so it's just kind of an interesting kind of historical note that they kind of picked up on but that was commonly believed as phrenology is definitely. That I definitely this was this is something from an article from quinn that i got but it's just like the books that were going around and i think it says like Swedish mitch like swedenborg like he was exposed to swedenborgian ideas and I've done a show on William Blake, who is kind of the famous poet and artist, who was also influenced by Swedenborg, who had oh. this kind of very Mormon kind of outlook where there's uh, tons of angels and planet after planet after planet and population. And in the heavens, you kind of like a Swedenborgian, like there's people in heaven, you know, living like gets families and things like that. So it's almost like smith got influenced by swedenborg i I believe that and i think swedenborg broke things up into three hierarchies and i think that joseph smith did too right terrestrial yes three heavens Mm -hmm. heavens. yep there's similarities in those those thoughts three degrees of And
0: and it used to be even um, their own planet. They'll kind of deny that now. A lot of times now they say, "No, no, no, we never said that." But definitely, colob. I learned about colob as a kid in seminary, like your friend. And uh, you know, I I went to four years of that. We we learned all this stuff, and now they kind of try and MK ultra us and go, "That never happened." Wow. And I'm like, wow. "Yes, it did." <laughs> like what? Oh, that's wild. yeah.
1: Right. So like that's kind of like people have. Uh, seeing this, the similarities between Smith and Hubbard, both Magus's, in my opinion, but like they, but I think Tigiak was Hubbard's like place where Zenu lived, and then God lives right for people who don't know the original father. And these are some of the affidavits. I mean, it probably isn't worthwhile to read through them piece by piece, but like you said, there's court cases and affidavits, yes, of what. Joseph Smith was doing uh dousing money finding all this stuff so he was very creative and you can find these online like you can just go state of new york versus joseph smith 1826 court examination uh, all these things like that like it's just goes on and on they're so then, interesting yeah yes. really interesting but they kind of show like it's a conf- he's a confidence man and then yes. like the, the yeah. magus and uh, influencing we may find precursors to the Mormon of prohibition against alcohol and caffeine in this preface to the magus. So, like, they, he may have gotten kind of dietary things from that. Um, ritual magic, astrology, amulets, and talismans. So, like, all of these things that, that are kind of exposed to Joseph Smith may have seeped over into his, his religion that he created. Treasure digging, seer stones. And they, they there was, like, a Thing where they they did some kind of digging with a reference to it, so there's like an actual like map of how he dug for you know his seer stone or something like that,
0: right? Yep, yep. So it's wild,
1: it gets wild. And then this is uh, another statement even after the Mormon church was organized, Smith family continued to practice magic. James Colin Brewster, who was denounced by Joseph Smith as a false prophet, related the following, and then it's a story of him. You know, searching for money and dousing and stuff like that Mhm. so let's see he wasn't
0: very good at it because that's why they took him to court
1: <laughs> right so uh. he wasn't even that successful but like i think uh. it, there was even in one of the affidavits like he somebody came up to smith and said like why are you doing this you're not even successful and he, he just right. flat out said him alone he said i do it because this is the way i make money you know right like, he just admitted yep. like he was a. Uh, modern kind of flim flam man and this is one of his statements i am like a huge rough roll stone rolling down from a high mountain and the only polishing i get is when some corner gets rubbed off by coming in contact with something else So it's interesting like that's how he got definition of himself is how is all of his conflict like he was just in conflict all the time with everybody oh, yeah. like it's incredible so that's basically my slides but i think it, okay. it uh, i mean there's a lot more to the story. like his whole definitely romantic life is really interesting. How he came oh, up. Oh, the romantic the
0: life of, is funny.
1: And the Book of Abraham, yeah. which like oh. you talked about him taking some of the reformed Egyptian to New York, um. But yeah, also like the Book of Abraham, a, like yeah. like he would. Do, and then I think there was even a story, if I remember, where somebody brought like they were setting him up, where they brought to him a fake Book of Peter and Paul. And then mm-hmm. he like came out and said, yes, guys, I have found the book of Peter and Paul. It's a miracle. And <laughs> ah. that he fell for it. Like he fell for it like a comment getting conned. Have you heard that story? Oh, boy.
0: No, I had not no, heard I mean, this one. Find a reference to that. This one's a good
1: one. So there's all kinds of things. But then there's also stories of like people being impressed by him, him giving speeches and kind of his ability to lead people. So he, he had resources like he wasn't like the guys who are good at this. They can pull, you know, they have to have some form of charisma or intelligence. Right.
0: Right. So, yes, definitely. He um well, and if he had been better at it, right, <laughs> we, we wouldn't be in the situation we are. I'm going to go and look at this. Uh, how to share this one second. Okay. Um, you can just if he had problems, been. So actually great at treasure digging. I don't believe anybody would have ever come after him because it was quite the thing of the times, right? Like it wasn't that unheard of. And so for them to come at him, that's what makes me laugh because I think, okay, well, that that right there is the whole the whole problem is that he people were saying, yeah, he's swindling my grandpa or he's swindling my uncle or he's taking all their money, blah, 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 you know, whatever the case may be oh boy that went weird well that was not the right button (laughs) and so they would never have have prosecuted him had it been that he had ever been successful but to my knowledge he had not and so it's quite interesting to me um that 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 happened let's see if this will pull up okay can you see that all right i can All right, perfect. This is an excerpt from Lucy Mack Smith's own manuscript in her handwriting um, to her friend Martha Coray, image courtesy from the Church History Library. And it says, let not my reader suppose that because I shall pursue another topic for a season that we stopped our labor and about went a our labor and went at trying to win the faculty of a BRAC, drawing circles, magic circles, or saying to the neglect of all kinds of business. We never during our lives suffered one important interest to swallow up another obligation. Okay. So she's, (laughs) she's writing this. They tried to get rid of this. They did their very best, um, at many things that way. And, She's talking about Abraxas here. Um, a lot of people miss the fact that they definitely were into um, not just magic, but other gods, different things like this. And, I mean, it all makes sense if you go back to what, what we we're talking about, right? Right. <laughs> like well, Abrac family... is
1: like the shortened version of Abracadabra, right? Yeah. So it's like and one... They...
0: Yes, and they serve the House of Abraxas, and so the House of a God of Abraxas. So, that and is Abraxas is a necromancer, and since he he is a necromancer, we end up doing baptisms for the dead, and all this other th- things that it makes complete sense after you know that, right? Like. This is a, a rendition of what they were doing. So their neighbor Will Willard Chase is the one that gave the account affidavit that you can look up that speaks about this. And how they um, sacrificed with the Mars dagger a black sheep at midnight trying to find this treasure and had been drawing circles and all this stuff. So same for you. I got the same um little picture here about the smith family magical relics the reason why they can't get rid of the parchments not necessarily the stones and why i believe they brought the stones forward is because they had no choice a private owner owns the other these other parchments so these parchments here this is the The Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah parchment. And if you'll notice here in the corner in the right side, that is a drawing and a call out for a specific angel. He's calling down specific angels for protection. And I've been on other um, podcasts with not only the OTO member, um, ex-member, New York Patriot, but as well. Yeah. As masons. And they both are like, this is completely like magical. This is stuff that, you know, you wouldn't just see this one breaks up the next. Um, that's the same photo. You had the treasure bag. Wow. This one kind of breaks it up so you can see the the sigils differently. Like you can actually see and holiness to the Lord is actually engraved on a lot of the temples. Um, and so that's kind of interesting on the outside door. This one shows the meanings behind each Uh, one. And it is when I found it, and then I went backward, like I I started all this backwards, because I was just trying to figure out what the heck I'd been doing, right? (laughs) In the temple, because I knew as a Christian, I needed to make it right with God. And these are all just breakdowns of the same thing so that you can read it clearer because it's so old and it, and it's hard to see. This is the last one, but if you notice in the middle, it certainly looks like Baphomet's head in the
1: middle, but yeah, it does.
0: They lie and say that this was Hiram's. And, and the problem is with that story is that Hiram wasn't the treasure ticker. Um, Hiram wasn't the seer. The, the prophet Joseph Smith was, uh, prophesied to be a seer even at birth because his father said he was born in a call. So he ran around town telling everyone, Oh, he's going to be a seer. He's going to be a seer. And so why would Hiram care to have these things? Right. He's not the one he was off to school and learning things and doing whatever he was doing. He was also not charismatic. And from what most people say, he was kind of shy and hid behind his brother. So Hmm. um, and just for people who don't know,
1: People outside of Mormonism may not know that Joseph Smith is the prophet and also a seer, and I think revelator. I mean, I think revelator, the, yes, they prophet, call him seer, the seer and, revelator. and revelator too. So it's a weird that's not a Christian term either, by the way. So <laughs> definitely not. Uh, no, it is curious. So,
0: so that kind of gives you a little um, uh, excerpt about it, just saying that Emma did verify the talisman demonstrates Joseph's fascination with magic. And the Magus and all these different things that they say he absolutely never had contact with. The church denies it like inherently. They they go on and on about it. And this copy of of the dagger, like we talked about, and it's they call it the Mars Mars dagger because it's got these different sigil magic on it with sigil Adonai Mars, and Scorpio. Wow. So, um, it's it's so interesting to me, and that that one just makes me laugh. <laughs>
1: Right. So there it is. So they're like doing uh, ceremonial magic or whatever. Absolutely. Yes. Right there. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Not Christian, guys.
0: And we went through these stones. And then this is our um, magical underwear that most people won't talk about. Um, But if you notice on the nipples, it's the compass and the square. And then on the umbilicus, a sideways ruler, as well as on the knee, there's a sideways ruler. And so all of my life, that I was in, I wore these. This is what they look like when they were old time, like the long john underwear. Um, And you can still buy one pieces because some people like them. Like I think my great grandpa wore one pieces till he passed away. But I had no idea about any of the the symbols until after I was out, which is hilarious to me. And again, um, some of the things they do in the temple, not all, but some. And the top one they took out because it was so affecting their people that they didn't want to do it anymore about slitting their throats which uh, New York Patriot also verified is in the OTO ceremony as well as the one-breasted robe you can't really tell that it is but it is it just blends into the white shirt but it is indeed a one-breasted robe that we wear over our white dress or white shirt so you can see it there and that's the Masonic
1: thing like if you divulge your stories that will slit your throat ear to ear so that's masonic as well yes
0: yep and your spill your bowels and those um aprons are green it just looks black in this photo because it's dark i guess but that is indeed what we wear we bring our hands to the square this is one of the signs, seals and tokens to get past the sentinels and angels that we have to know or you just can't go to heaven (laughs) it's
1: amazing Um, it's totally and here's
0: it's all Masonic. And I, I put this on here. This is the Masonic can grips, but I put it on here to kind of show people like this bottom one, the real grip of the lion's paw. Well, for us is called the sure sign of the nail because he just changed the names for, to make them sound Christian. So, yeah. So he used the exact same, except we're short two. I think we, we only do three. So
1: three or four. So he just Christianized a a lot of Masonry and your seal on the, uh, In Utah is the, is the bees, the beehive, uh, which is totally Masonic, totally Masonic, 100%. It just goes on and and on and on.
0: And then this is actually a diagram of the temple from a really old book that I found. Um, And it actually shows the Salt Lake Temple is built in moon phases. So if you look, each pillar and point represents um, an astronomical view of which phase that the moon would be in and whatnot, like for November, October, September. I mean, it is so, it is, it's just really based on this. Yes. And all of the, um, like there's a big dipper on the Washington DC temple, all these things like they, they're, they're hiding it. Like I've said, they're concealing some of this stuff. There used to be a straight up pentagram on the church history museum and they covered it over. And what the rumor is, is that they're covering over all of these things right now. Cause they're redoing the Salt Lake temple and that they're removing the Moronis from the top as well. Wow! wow. So I've heard yes um, wow, this was incredible. it's wild and this was uh joseph smith's apron verified to me from my great grandma that their um aprons used to look like this for the temple as well she's passed on But now they look like the green aprons with the fig leaves on them. And they call it Satan's apron, those of us that speak about it, because in the temple ceremony, he comes in and Adam is on the ground praying. And he says, God of this world, you know, he's just praying out to them. And he shows up and says, you should cover up because God's going to know that you're naked. And so here's an apron. And so everybody in the whole ceremony room, said the guy in the front says please stand and put on your aprons and so we all do as satan tells us to do so lovely
1: (laughs) and he's actually the founder of the three dollar bill right yes he uh, yeah
0: he made his own money and he ran for president And I actually think what got him killed was the very fact that he brought women into masonry. That's just, they have their own factions for women, but it was not accepted at that point, especially to be divulging to women. And he made the temple ceremony for LDS people six weeks after he received his ceremonial rights as a mason. And so I find that extremely interesting. Oops. One more back, let me enlarge.
1: And there was like a uh, an active Masonic temple in Nauvoo or whatever the yes. city that he set up, right? Which yes. a lot of people don't know was the at one point bigger than Chicago, if I remember correctly, in Illinois. Yes.
0: Yep. And it it really scared them because he was bringing in so many Masons and so many people and making their own kind of lodge where the Masons for multiple counties over didn't outweigh him. And they were scared. I mean, that's kind of what the the theme is there that they thought that he would because he had his own army. He had the Mormon militia. Like they were very concerned about this, and this is that hieroglyphic Egyptian that he says it is at the bottom, and above is a little small sample, not all because I blew it up and it cut off the top. But of John D's and alphabet, and I am sorry, that is the same thing. <laughs> it's wild, um, yeah. and I just don't think that anyone that dives. I really dove into D after everything, and I. This is the book of Abraham also. This is, yes, and that is quite possibly the number one thing that the church probably is upset about because they really can't get rid of it. They can't
1: defend it, right? (laughs) They can't defend it with any scholar. Uh, Because what he said was, what he told people was, for people who don't know the story, he found this old, he was like these old Egyptian scrolls and stuff. So he found one, and he interpreted that as Abraham being sent to sacrifice or something and then like all of the egyptian scholars are like this is one of the most common depictions of like funerary rites that you could ever yeah well and i guess he
0: bought mummies too at that time like i guess people were just running around peddling mummies which is so insane to say yeah but at the same time like okay i get it like he was just going for anything at that point, to validate what he was trying to say. And even if my point possibly may be true, is that, you know, he did see angels of the demonic sort. I feel like, you know, you channel things, you might get an answer, right? Crowley, he channeled, he, he got an answer. It didn't appear as an angel. Certainly Crowley would not have accepted that, but instead the book of the law came out of that because we got AWAS, right? And AWAS told him, write this book and the book became many religions. John D saw many apparitions. They wrote the books, many books, and they became many religions and, and movements, you know, different things. And then on top of it, we've got Scientology. We've got Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard in the desert. What are they doing? They're messing around, channeling things. Go write a book. It becomes a religion. Muhammad and Gabriel, go write a book. It becomes a religion. It's too coincidental. And on top of it, it's always like a pay, like a Faustian bargain, because at some point the angels aren't nice anymore. And they're like, by the way, either have polygamy or swap wives. Or do some other weird stuff. We won't even right. get into parts. That's Parsons. what happened. That's
1: the end of <laughs> Dean and Kelly too, right? And, yes. And and uh Joseph Smith,
0: like and he was D- really a
1: libertine. Like I think that he yeah. was really a libertine. Yeah.
0: And Dee ended up raising Kelly's son, and so they say for the rest of his, you know, days they say there was a child that came out of that union, and that it looked stunningly like Edward Kelly. And I just look at all of this and go, that is just too coincidental. every single time there was a payout like that, that a, it involves some sort of sex, right? Sex magic. It doesn't matter if it's polygamy or if it's, you know, right then and there, like swap wives or whatever, there was always a price to be paid. It never came free. And so I don't think that God works like that. (laughs) I don't think so. I've never heard of
1: anything in the old Testament where a guy walks into a cave and Gabriel's there, you know, that's, uh, really great character and we we know from like the old uh you know the new testament the devil comes as an angel of light so there could be absolutely i mean and if you go to ephesians and all that stuff it's all yeah he
0: even said he was overtaken Yeah, he was overtaken by the spirit and everything went black. He His account of, of first seeing was that, that he passed out because everything went dark, not light. First, it was dark. And actually, the way that the plates were received by the same man, that Willard uh, Willard Chase, he also wrote down um, in his affidavit how the plates were obtained. And it's not at all the story they told us. They told us why and delight some beautiful things and like, ta-da and here's the golden plates and he got them from the angel and it was beautiful. No, that wasn't how it worked. Um, At three o'clock in the morning on the fall soul or yeah, the fall equinox on the, On that date, in the middle of the night, he was with Emma and he went, he had to borrow a horse. This is why Chase knew about it. That was all black and he had to dress in all black and go meet this angel to get these plates. That was the requirements of him.
1: However, he was,
0: yes, he was supposed to bring his brother, but unfortunately his brother died. (laughs) Like right after the angel was like, we need your brother to come. He's the guy too, so bring him. And so all of a sudden, right before the time that Joseph was supposed to obtain the plates and go meet with the angel again, they dug up his brother and they put in the newspaper, hey, um the dad ran this newspaper clipping you can look it up and it says basically i'm gonna synopsis because i can't remember the exact words we're checking on him because we didn't dig him up and we're making sure that no one else dug him up we're just checking on his bones just in case you saw us that's what happened <laughs> they what? oh my yeah. god i
1: had no idea i didn't know some of that stuff
0: and so it's equinox so like funny.
1: that's like an yes. occult marker like when you see yes. weird dates like that it's like something's going on and that's it's uh so i think i think like the legend of muhammad going to heaven was he went on a horse on a night ride to jerusalem right so that's right. like the rumor and then the real stories i think from the not the sharia it's like from the the teachings is that he was poisoned by his jewish like household maid and he said why did you do that to me and he had killed her <laughs> husband and also like You're i like, think what? one of the interesting things about muhammad and and gabriel is that he was so scared like he wanted to throw himself off a cliff do you remember that
0: yeah like that was it yes
1: but that is not like uh christian that's not from the older New no Testament either
0: no 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 and so if for anyone that wants to find this article um joseph smith senior ran this uh palmyra september 25th 1824 and it and it's made like to the public. This is what it says to the public. Whereas reports have been, uh, oh man, it's hard to read because it's blurry, uh, put into circulation that we have had our son removed from the place of his interment and dissected, which reports every person possessed of, uh, let's see, I can't read it because it's like kind of fuzzy, but basically they said they're going to go through and make sure that the body had not been disturbed. This method is taking place for the purpose of satisfying the minds of those who may have heard the report and informing those who have put it into circulation. So people were gossiping about this, that it is carefully requested that they would stop. So he he puts this and runs it six times. And there's a big joke that they say, you know, oh, well, okay, you know, in the occult, you can take the bones to satisfy. So they always say, well, Alvin gave a hand. alvin gave a hand in putting the book of mormon into circulation ha 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 Wow. alvin
1: (laughs) was the oldest brother right that's the oldest of the smith kids right
0: and strange enough nine months after this date where he was no longer the virgin scryer because he had just married emma they had a baby and that baby was extremely deformed and only lived for moments and sure enough they named it alvin which was also his father's firstborn son and joseph's firstborn son wow. so very 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 faustian to me you know wow, it was that's really yeah. crazy
1: unless we forget when he was dying he was he at uh, carthage he said does anybody have any mercy for the widow's son right it's a full-on masonic yes plea or whatever
0: yep and they ignored it and i think that was because they were the ones that were there to bring the punishment upon him because he had been doing all this stuff. And, and they basically knew he stole the rights. They stole, and he even said, I have the true form of Masonry, even wow. clear into the oh, wow. seventies. Yes. Wow. And that's and crazy. I
1: never, so there's um, like yeah, a Masonic I war element. See, I'd never, I never saw that aspect of it because for people who don't know, he was in Carthage jail. I think that they broke down his printing press he had printed something and then there was an arrest because he broke down somebody's printing press. and then a whole group squad dressed all in black like it's like really hardcore 19th century yes. stuff showed up and then took him out and shot him and his brother like in the chest yes. like really rough like uh, they made sure he was dead so well he and he had
0: a gun, gun so someone snuck him a gun but the funny thing was, was the whole reason why he was imprisoned was because that printing press, the guy had made a fake Book of Mormon called the Book of Pukai, like Puki. <laughs> And it is the funniest stuff you've ever read. Be- if you've read the book of Mormon, if you've read the book of Mormon and you've left, it's hilarious. If you're still an active Mormon, probably not going to like
1: it. So it's like a satire. They're making fun it isn't of the book of
0: satire. Yes. And so they wanted to put a stop to it and he got his copyright laws and said, you know, you've got to stop this. And the guy was like, I don't really care. And they were making fun of this magician. Well, so-called magician He's a doctor that had come through town when Joseph was young. He was Joseph's mentor and his name, funny enough, Lumen, like bringer of light, Walters. And he came from, you know, they say, oh, he had no chance to get the book, the magus, any of these learned books of magical. No, this guy had just come back from Europe. Yes. And he was, um, showing him, like, if you read from a book that these people don't understand because he was reading Agrippa to the people and they were like, Oh, look, he's magic. He knows things. Look at him, read this magical book. Well, it's Emma's later on. It was come to find out it's Emma's cousin, his future wife's cousin. And he was ran out of town because they knew he was a swindler later. And I'm just saying, like, if you saw an up and coming star, because you were one of those people as well, then you would definitely make little friends with them and try to help the kid along. Right. That's the right, magical way. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yep. Joseph Smith I, like moved from Vermont, upstate New York, kind of just bounced uh, west all the way to LDS. So run out of towns, beat up, tarred and feathered feathered. at one point. Yeah, tarred and feathered.
0: Yes, and and Um. only five of his children lived they had 11 but 6 died and most of them died in infancy which is also strange because people will say well that's a, a thing of the times well how come his own mother had a whole bunch of children that no none had ever died until they were adults why why is that his mom was a whole generation older why why would that occur the only one that i can definitely say is a hundred percent is the twins because that was when they tarred and feathered him and they left the door open. It was winter and and they got sick so, um, and they froze and I could see it because they were probably small, you know, yeah, being twins.
1: Right. And I think so, like one of his brothers, one of Joseph Smith's brothers, was on board. I think Hiram, right, which is also kind of a yes. Masonic name. Hiram
0: Abiff, definite. But yes,
1: but, yeah, Masonic name. But one of his brothers just hated Joseph Smith and they're fighting. And I think the last day he was alive, like he beat the crap out of Joseph Smith yeah. or something. Like, that. you ever hear that story? Is that uh, story? I have
0: not heard this. Okay. I have not heard this. I heard story. there was like
1: a really vicious fist fight between one of his brothers, who like just like
0: had enough. He wasn't, of wasn't him.
1: on board with him. You know, he just wasn't on board with anything. So. Really yeah,
0: I, I know Absolutely. the one brother was extremely behind him, but I hadn't heard of the other. I know that the the one brother, what it was said that he was definitely probably poisoned. um And oh, there wow. was no proof, but it was some chemical in his system that was um widely well, known eldest. for poisoning. Mm-hmm, yeah, the eldest Alvin. brother
1: died of some kind of poisoning. Yeah, that's right. Yep,
0: yep. And so that was the one that they needed for the... And that was the one they supposedly didn't dig up, but did dig up. <laughs> the best story. They're like, don't worry if you saw us out there. <laughs> that's so pre-gaming. Like if you've seen us, we're just checking on his bones. Don't you worry. <laughs> wow, kind of funny really thing. Good. But yeah, there's yeah, so Alvin much. Smith,
1: yeah. So, there's much. so much history there. Maybe it was Samuel Smith who beat it. Like they had a fight. Uh, I, I have to go back and maybe I'm wrong. Yeah
0: yeah no it's Mm -hmm. and also you know many of the signs and symbols that come later are not just masonic like even they use the six-pointed star in a circle for the sign of melchizedek now for the priesthood and i just see all these things and all these symbols and i'm like okay how is it possible that you still deny this like when i was young masons it wasn't a thing then i think it became to a point because we got the internet and it was just undeniable so now if you put it into youtube our mormons masons this cute little video will come up from the church and it'll say are you wondering about mormons and mason <laughs> and they have like this little thing that says that you know oh yes it's it's fine but we have the true masonry and you know brigham young was just a disaster after after joseph smith died i mean the things that came from him were disastrous i mean he was so racist and just it was it was bad like most of the really horrible quotes from the church stem from brigham young and a lot of the bloody they called him bloody brigham for right because the mountain
1: mass mountain massacre yeah. Mount meadows massacre yeah.
0: yes and they blame that on the natives and and also they would say weird things like we need to buy up all the Native—yeah, he said buy—buy buy up all the Native children, as many as we can, and put them into our schools and teach them the Book of Mormon so they can become more white and delightsome. And the, and then there's been many prophets after that, clear in the 70s, that have said, our brother and the Native uh, Lamanites have become exceedingly more white and delightsome over the years because of, of the Book of Mormon. I'm like, no, it's because all their family were murdered, and now they have to be with white people. <laughs>
1: Like, come right, and on! That's kind of like the, yeah. the secret, the other element of Mormonism is its racism, right? Like, black yes. people couldn't be priesthoods, and they were considered to be cursed, Lord. right? Like, they, there's yes. all these kind of curses in the Book of Mormon where they get cursed with dark skin or something like that, right?
0: Yeah, so they're called the fence sitters. They will lie and say this story isn't true, but this was very, very true and very, very taught until. Um, I'm almost, I'm 48 this year. So that gives people kind of a chronological timeline of when I would have learned things in primary and whatever, but they used to teach us all the time that the black people were black because they were the fence sitters in the war in heaven. They wouldn't choose a side. Yes. And so they were cursed with a dark skin and not just like a tan skin. This isn't the same as, you know, the curse of Cain, none of that. It's different. It's specific to black people and they would not remove it and. Even Brigham Young is quoted as saying when they asked him about the priesthood rights, because you can't go to heaven, you can't go to the celestial kingdom without your priesthood rights. And so basically, they were saying these people were not going to go to the highest kingdom. And until the '60s, they kept it that way because the, he even said one time when asked, "I can't remove the curse because I'm not the one that put it there. So until you get the one that put it there, which was God, supposedly, um, I can't. I can't help you." And, and he's quoted with tons of things. Like if you ever find your wife in bed with a black man, run a blade through both of them so that they can end their shame and just horrible stuff. And people will say, well, that's just how it was back then. Actually, no, Joseph Smith was quite the abolitionist. He wasn't like that whatsoever. And so, yeah, they, they go back and forth on this in the church. And I think it's funny just like they do with, you know, the revelations, okay, well, if you're a prophet, you're never supposed to be wrong, right? You're going to get right, right. in the Bible, right? It says, if a prophet's wrong, throw everything out, he should be executed. Basically right. it's all garbage.
1: Testing. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm like, okay, I would bring that up to people because even most of my life I was always a little well, I took debate. I was always debatey. Okay. <laughs> I always wanted to know these little things, and people were always annoyed with me, especially like my grandparents. And so I would say things like that, like, well, what about You're thinking this? too
1: much? You're thinking yeah. too much, Heidi.
0: Or like, stop that. I mean, you just go days, get you a nice husband. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Be a home uh, home, you know, be the trad yes. wife, trad Mormon wife. Yes.
0: And I was, I was 17 when I got married, oh, um, wow. Wow, but my husband was 25. And so oh, it was wow, a little scandalous. Bit scandalous. Yes. And it wasn't here. Like my grandparents were 15 and 13 when they had their first baby. So wow, it was, yeah. And we weren't polygamists, although I do have some odd polygamy accidental ties. <laughs> this is a great story. So my sister married uh, warren jeff's nephew and not only is it warren jeff's nephew and he's out and everything but also he married rulon jeff's which is warren's father his granddaughter and so he was like double in oh, wow, wow. and, rulon and Jeffs build, was a piece
1: of work right wasn't he a piece
0: of yeah work? oh all of them warren was what far worse but and he's still he alive a- running running everything yeah like i thought he went to jail passed. He does. Up. He is. He runs oh. everything.
1: He runs it from and jail
0: from prison. Oh, wow. yes. I didn't know that. Okay. And so he has ended all marriages. Um, he doesn't want anybody getting pregnant unless he says they can get pregnant. And there's only certain men that can impregnate the women. He took mm-hmm. away all toys and dogs from children and people. They are living in less than a real life there. It's actually really sad. Um, sounds like a and so, Yeah. yeah. It's weird. He's like, nobody can have fun if I'm not having fun, right? And uh, I'm not having fun in prison. So...
1: <laughs> but, I have a couple good Mormon yeah. stories for you whenever you're ready. Amazing. I, I, I'm ready. I, okay, I was in... This is... Oh, I had to have been 18 or 19. I was driving across country, and I had a friend of a friend who was uh, Mormon and was at Brigham Young over the summer. So, I was just, like, tooling around, and we were there for a night. We stayed there for a night. And... While we were there, she had this other uh, roommate. She had a couple of roommates. They were women. And so me and Mark would just be like sitting on the couch. And and all of a sudden, the door would knock. And then I could pop up and get the door. And there'd be a guy there. He says, hi, is, uh, you know, the, roommate, is the, the roommate here, the girl's roommate? And I said, sure, I think she is. And I'd call her. And he would come in and sit on the couch with us. And then she would come out. <laughs> she'd be doing her hair or like doing something or making toast or I don't even know. And so then he would kind of try to talk to her, and then the door would knock again, and the guy would get up from the couch, and at the door would be another guy, and it was some kind of like uh, courting ritual. I was like, this is not how they do things. It took me a while for it to sink in, but I was like, this is not how it works in California. You know, you ask somebody out for dinner or like you know do you want to go get coffee or something like that but that was especially
0: the... a one-on-one that's awkward they're all sitting there lined
1: up <laughs> yeah no, it was a trip and so like we were just like you know gentiles or whatever uh, we get called <laughs> i think so oh, that's it was funny. just a funny thing like it was a real exposed expose and i think she the girl they were there to see was affiliated with church hierarchy like she was like her dad was a big Oh. League. Like business guy or something like that in the mormon church so
0: they had that's to earn of, it
1: <laughs> they did the men had to earn it so i that's think it funny. was and they usually showed a very formal dressed too like at the middle oh, of wow. the day no shorts you know so like long slacks and leather shoes you know properly oh, wow. well dressed very clean some penny pants.
0: loafers yeah yeah
1: <laughs> no it was weird it was weird that's kind of my mormon story and then i was also like uh. walking around the school campus at, at Brigham Young and I was just walk, like you just walk where you want back in my days but everybody didn't walk on the grass they always oh they stayed, yep. they stayed on the um and it took me a bit to notice it but they stayed on the walkways and everything it was super like they were super regimented like oh regimented,
0: yes yeah. obedient to a fault I'd say for most of us um those of us that weren't challenged the system were always in trouble yeah.
1: <laughs> like I used I mean, to do to
0: trouble. my grandpa funny stories like hey would you rather me marry this guy that's a complete heathen and he comes from a mormon family but he's not mormon and he's just terrible like he he's a bad guy beats his wife whatever that's going to be his wife and or a really good black missionary and he's like get out of here with your dumb question like they don't like stuff like that you know and i used to do it and there's
1: it's becoming more diverse like the mormon church Uh, has like a lot of pacific islanders I think the congressman from utah is black
0: yeah african-american
1: i forgot his name it's completely Um,
0: different now yeah yeah
1: i think there's even a like uh one of the apostles is african they have a german guy i think an african-american guy yeah it's gotten really
0: um expanded but you always know in the back of your mind like even like well i can't say for now but in the past, when I was growing up, they were like, oh, sure, Black people, yep, they can come, everything's fine now, past the 60s. And then you kind of knew that you just didn't date outside your race. You were kind of told. And my brother did. He he got married outside his race. He married a gal from Chicago, and she's very Black. And they everyone assumed it would be me because I was the rebel. You're the rebel and I didn't care. I dated whoever. But like I said, I got married so young, I didn't even have a chance to get out in the world. So um I got married quick. And he got married later. And, and they all were like, kind of a little weird about it. I mean, they were nice, but
1: they he still married undertone- to the same woman.
0: They're passed away now. Oh, both sorry, of them, no, unfortunately. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's been years. It's why I work mental health. I'm very open and honest about it. My brother died of an accidental overdose. So oh, when sorry. that occurred, that's okay. I I made it. Um, the reason why my podcast is called unfiltered is because oftentimes I am and rise is rise above your situation. I, I had a really hard life as a kid. Um, a lot, I was awarded the court by twelve. Um my brother passed away just a few years ago. I have an estrangement with my daughter that because of her husband. It's just a lot. Th- there's many things I've had cancer, whatever. And I always tell people, listen, you are what you decide you are. Like it doesn't matter about this other stuff, you know? like you go change it. So when my brother passed, I decided, okay, I couldn't help him in the way I had hoped. So now I'm a mental health nurse and I do help people like him because you can do things like that. You don't have, I'm not saying it's, you don't have hard days, but like you can change your stars. You really can, you know?
1: I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough, it and doesn't it's Like the, the inside world, world of Mormonism isn't might maybe as clean and uh, you know, well ironed as it, is it, it really is, you know, oh, there's drug abuse no. and, it's just, there's
0: a lot of drug abuse. Um, I think we're one of the top, uh, states for mental health, uh, medications and different overdoses and stuff because everybody's depressed. I know when I was in the church, like you didn't dare say like, you are one of God's chosen people. How dare you not be happy? Like you're a Debbie downer.
1: (laughs) and person.
0: it was weird yeah cuz i had a daughter that had clinical depression and i very much was not understanding and not a good person to her when she was like that because i was still really indoctrinated and now that i've gotten out of it and she's a grown up now she's 23 and oh no she's 24 now um i always tell her man i i am so sorry for how i handled that and she's so wonderful and she always says mom i wouldn't choose any other mom you you're so different now I love who you've become, you know, like you said about your friend that changed completely till the death, you know, that's kind of how I have been <laughs> like, it's weird,
1: but it's almost like out. there's a lot of, uh, face face in Mormonism. Right? Yes. Like you, you present have prosperity, your happy yep. family, your kids are perfect. The yep. wife gets up, puts her makeup on right away. Oh yeah.
0: Yep. No tattoos, but but you can have a boob job. Like, (laughs) right. You know, I don't care what anyone does, but people do in Mormonism. I mean, you want your kids like, and so much pressure on the mom because I, I still worked, you know, I was a full-time nurse and I worked on top of having these kids on top of all my callings. Like you were talking about, they just keep you so busy and you don't even have time to breathe. I always tell people I was never fatter, more miserable or sicker in my life than when I was a Mormon. Like, and I know that sounds horrible, but that's just how it is. You know, one of
1: the interesting things I remember (laughs) from BYU is after getting looked at for walking on the grass, I went into (laughs) the student center and it was the longest candy bar I had ever seen in my life. It literally was like 40 yards, 40 feet, of, like, a candy shop. I'm not exaggerating. I was like, no. Wow, this no. is like Willy Wonka. So, I guess if you're not <laughs> drinking, you're gorging on you're sugar, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Or you have your well, and or there's
0: a know. big joke, like they say. So, how do you tell the difference between a good Mormon and a bad Mormon?
1: Oh,
0: by the temperature of their caffeine? Because they still drink a ton of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> They're all oh, got these big, like, gulp drinks, and it's Diet Coke every time. and you know, so uh, no I, coffee,
1: no coffee culture, yeah. but a lot of it. Yeah, no coffee,
0: of- no coffee or tea. They say, um, back in the day, it was actually no hot drinks, which I find ironic oh. because it came from that, but yet they publish and make their own hot cocoa. Which, you know, if you know anything about caffeine content plus sugar content, Cocoa is a really up there with the coffee, you know, on caffeine content. It's not caffeine that they discourage because they make their own brand of it for their social services uh, program. And it's labeled with their label Deseret. They are also owners of Coke, um, which has lots of caffeine in it and sugar, True. too. So, I mean, it's a misconstruction on, on a lot of people. Oh, they don't drink caffeine. I'm like, oh, they drink a lot of caffeine. They just get it a different way and they won't take drugs, but they will take drugs from the doctor.
1: (laughs) Right. So they'll take a lot of antidepressants
0: or whatever. Xanax, all that stuff. Oh yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, you, you almost feel like, yeah, like you said, you have to be perfect. You have to get things done, you know, like you, all the women are either on diet pills or trying to Zone out, it's like one or the other. Like, I don't want right. to do anything and I just want to go to bed, or I want to do everything and I'm like Martha Mormon and
1: I have to do it all, <laughs> right? It's almost like, like oh. step for wife. I'm not saying that you're that, yes, extreme, no, it's but true. there's a oh, kind of an element of uh, I live to be perfect. I get like, it, a little... yeah, it's an internal well, pressure. Know
0: you never know when the bishop might knock on your door for a visit. You better have that house clean all the time. You know, it's just, and and no one will say anything, but then later they gossip. I don't know that I've ever met a worse gossip in my life than Mormons. Wow. And they do that behind, instead of them just being off the cuff and being like, you know what? Your house kind of messy, Linda, you know, they'll just chat about everybody, you know, and then they, Keep forcing these they don't force it but they keep saying to these women we know you have seven kids but your babies in heaven want to come down you're in this premortal existence and you're responsible for bringing these lives down you better have another one and these women would have baby after baby after baby and you could tell that they couldn't even clothe them correctly and the church would step in and help with food but you can see that they're not quite managing and yet The next year, there would be another baby, you know. It's Uh, It's really wild. Like, it's really
1: like a baby producer, like oh, culture there. It's really something else. I mean, that's for people who don't know. We have to bring down the ghost babies. Yeah. Right. So there's a premoral existence. That's why certain people are white or black or Mm -hmm. tall or small is because of your work for the Lord and the pre-existence. So you're working off that benefit. And then you're still trying to work. It's yeah. kind of workspace. You're still doing a oh, good job on Earth very to get even based. better in the next life. right? And the, the yes. interesting thing a lot of people don't know about Mormonism is its kind of re, reincarnation philosophy mm-hmm. it really yes. does key into, I can't remember the scripture, but you all shine on like the sun, the moon and the stars from Paul. And I think that Joseph mm-hmm. Smith keyed into that and made a whole series of doctrines. Another thing people don't know is that Smith would have, like you talk about this revelation of like, okay, we can now have black people into the church. Mm -hmm. Smith was doing that. So he would have these revel, I think he has like 150 revelations in the doctrines and covenants. Mm -hmm. And so like, okay, what are we going to do? Oh, let me just. Going, it's so
0: let me go tap into God and figure That's... it out. And, and it's really magical base. Like I'm telling you when you're 13 or 14, you get these patriarchal blessings and you get them from the patriarch of the church and they lay their hands on your head and they, they tell you about your future. They give you a future tell, like a future telling reading. Like if you are good and faithful, you will be this and you will do that and you will have this and you will have that. And a lot of people, including his own son, had that blessing, which was what made a rift in the church because they said he was to be the next prophet, Joseph Smith's so Junior's son. So it would be Joseph Smith the third is his son. And he said, yeah, he should be the prophet. Well, Brigham Young came in and said, no, 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 no. He's not the prophet. I was supposed to be the prophet, and then all these other people started saying they were having visions, like Oliver Cowdery, his cousin, and all these different people. And so he started excommunicating them, and he's like, nobody can have the visions but me.
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's very convenient, right? Like there's right. a lot he of convenient needs, all, visions. All of that. <laughs> that's the interesting thing. That's how imaginative Smith was, and how that kind of received things come are still coming from. Mormonism. I did the, what the Lori Valley I was telling you about, but oh, like sometimes yes. it gets strange. How accurate was your patriarchal blessing?
0: No, my, mine was totally, the only part I ever hung to because I really had a hard time getting pregnant was it said I would bear children. So I always was like, okay, I'm going to have a kid somehow. And I did, but it, it scared me at the time because you have to understand our culture here is if you're 19 and not married, and you don't start having babies in your 20s, you are an old maid or something is wrong. clearly wrong with you. Like if you don't have a baby within two years of getting married, people are very concerned for you. Very concerned. They're like, "Um, so when are you going to have a baby? I'm like, oh my gosh. And Yeah, the pressure's on, man.
1: Mormon pressure is really different than uh, everything else. I think that the theme now is like, wait, like grow up Mm -hmm. and go to college and stuff. Well, Seems they've to had too many
0: divorces. They have had, they're one of the highest divorce rate capita's now because everybody wants to get married so they can have sex, i.e. 17, because you don't want to go to hell. You know, right. <laughs> you're right. like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't do these things with you because I, I can't do that until I'm married. So, and right. I know Catholics right. do that too, but it's a different kind of pressure. This is like serious. This is like, you're going to shame your whole entire family. And, and it's just so bad. You have and you know what
1: responsibility you Do you know what they tell the us? World. No.
0: They tell us that <clears throat> sexual sin, including masturbation, is next to murder. And they tell that to 12-year-olds. And if you want to know how bad that messes your brain up as a child, you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go to hell. Like, what? Hell. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't say hell, but they, the only people they that know that. Yeah. yeah. Because. Mormon hell is a little different. I always say Mormons are one uppers. Like they can't, can't just have one heaven. They have to have three. They can't just have one hell. They have to have another thing. So they have outer darkness, which is for murderers and apostates that talk about it after, after they leave the church, thank heavens. I believe in real Christ and grace. I don't, I don't buy that. I'm going to outer darkness, but it's a cutoff of everything. So you are no longer in the father's spirit or in his presence or in anyone's presence or anything's presence you're just you're just out there. And so that is what outer darkness is. And then there's the celestial kingdom where they say if you were an alcoholic there's a drink and you can get it but you can't drink it and it just like punishes you for eternity like this, right? Like your sins. And then so the next level up's a little better than that but you can't go be with your family. You they can come down and visit you but you can't go up there and see them. And then the top glory is the celestial glory, which is where God lives and you can go be with God. But the funny thing to me is, is people don't ever look at this and say, okay, Joseph Smith's whole ideology was, you are not a servant to the Lord. You are also not... um, after death on his level anymore, if you make it the whole way, right? You are now a god as he is a god, and you can own your planet like he has a planet, because once upon a time, God was a person just like you. And they also believe that Mary was impregnated by sex, like real. Right. Like God yeah. came
1: down and they did the mm-hmm. deed. Yeah. The yeah,
0: deed, deed. Yep. They say <clears throat> they say Be careful. They say he was created as any man was created, right? Like
1: and that's kind and, of the Swedenborgian thing. Is that in heaven? So I think it, I don't
0: know about this guy. I'm writing this down.
1: Yeah, Swedenborg. <laughs> is, he kind of had these visions later in life. He had a very conventional life. I think he was in Sweden and worked for the king in some facility, and then he started having these crazy visions. And was su- like like Smith or William Blake, right? Started mm, having yes. these incredibly vivid imaginative visions. But in, in Swedenborg's world, heaven is like. This place where there's tons of people and people are having sexual intercourse and living normal lives and eating. Oh, yeah. We can have sex.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. In in heaven.
1: (laughs) Yeah. and So I think that that's how I think the Mormons distinguish an angel from a spirit is the angel has a resurrected body. Right, I think that's the consistent yeah. way. You
0: can shake their like, hand and feel that they are real. Yes, real, right. Yeah, yeah so that's I think that that's
1: consistent with the view of Jesus of Nazareth. Is like you get a resurrect, like you have to be transformed, like Moses was transformed before God to mm-hmm. see him, or else he would be burned to ash or something like that. So, so wild. That, it's like- it's a. I mean, but I think that he was exposed to Swedenborgism, and that might have been how he had that that's like the the cultural outgrowth of of mormonism is like swedenborg where you're encouraged to have tons of kids and this is the way life is and that's what he had like joseph Smith, how many kids he had 15 17 um
0: i think he had 11 but only five (laughs) five survived out of Uh uh-huh so but then he also had the twins that they adopted so that would i don't know if that counts into it yeah yeah they um, um, actually acquired them the same night their twins died because this other guy had twins and his wife died in childbirth. So he was kind of like, Here you go. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, I got these babies. <laughs> and so, yeah, they gave him. Yeah, them.
1: yeah, you, yeah. The doctrines are really rene- right. And you're of the, the stick of a frame, right? So the way that it's counterpoised to Judy is like Judah has this Bible. And then this is Ephraim's thing too, right? Well, and like I see so much of the Israel Kabbalah
0: church. too. Like when you talk about Jewish stuff, like if you've ever seen Jewish mysticism stuff in the Kabbalah, it it goes right along with a lot of this too. Like it's almost like you you he combined some things and just went, Okay, you know, this is good, this is what we're doing, <laughs> right? And,
1: and my understanding too is the whole apostate thing isn't part of the original. Primordial Church. It came later because people mm-hmm. were leaving. So it was mm-hmm. like we got to keep these people in line. If you're an apostate, man, you're going straight down to the very bottom.
0: <laughs> got to go like, with the murders. You're, yeah, you're yeah, you speaking go. out. You're yep.
1: Yeah, you're speaking out, or you're not. You're not on board. If you leave mormonism and that's very common in a lot of Christian, even cults or anything, but Christian sects too. Is like if you leave, yeah
0: that's it well my and family you, they'll turn around and say well oh we don't judge or this or that but then they you'll see it with many people like they'll slowly withdraw away from you or they'll do a cutoff like my family did a full cutoff but full cut off, right? um my grandma that's the way it is served. in seventh day
1: adventist like i've talked to a lot of those people seventh day adventist and uh jehovah's witnesses and also the elitism so you're mormons are the elite like we are yes the top, they but then, the they top they also the have that, yeah, they have that same position in Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, we're in the top, we got to get into the top 144. That's why they're out there, right? For, you know, talking all the time. And same with like Seventh day Adventists. We have the right view. You guys worship on the wrong day. And that sets us apart It makes us. You're,
0: you, yeah, we know way we really more don't, than you.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we really don't look down to you, but we really do look down on you. Yeah, you're but actually,
0: rough. you don't know what you're talking about because right. you don't have the you're special right. undies. <laughs> there
1: you, yeah. go. you don't have the so, special uh, masonic inspired. And in the temple, the temples are beautiful. Like I, I they went are. Went to school in Northern California. There was a really nice one on a bluff in Oakland that I would see. They You'd see it on they the freeway. Meant.
0: Yeah, they spare no expense. They spare no expense at all.
1: But those grips are done. Like you're supposed to be having a grip with God or an angel or something through a...
0: Yes, it's a veil. It's a curtain. So they say it's angels and sentinels. These are what you have to have to pass the angels and sentinels. And these are the tokens and signs. Now, that doesn't even sound uh, biblical, okay? Tokens to me and signs sounds very Masonic. We're back to the Masons. And even the cuts in the curtain, because it's like this fancy silk curtain, is Masonic. It's the compass and the square. So the slits are like that, you know, and the oh, other wow. ones so like this. Like that, interesting. And so the interesting thing is, is we get new underwear. So do the Masons. We get initiatory. So do the Masons. They changed that. And if this is God's divine knowledge to us, right? Like we were talking about before. Uh, it's a prophecy down to the to the head of the church, to the prophet. Now, if he's never wrong, which they say he isn't, how come they're changing them? They're changing them because when I went through, you had to get naked and you got a little poncho and you put your head through it and I mean like like a serape, one that you get in Mexico that has fully open sides and you're just naked underneath. And then a woman came in and she's like, Oh, I'm here to do your blessing. And I was so indoctrinated. The only thing I had to say about any of this, which is ridiculous now that I know this was where's the guy. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, you can't give me a blessing. You don't have the priesthood. And she said, everything's different in the temple. And I said, you're not a man. And she's like, you're not dressed. And I'm like, I think I'd rather have the man. Like I was, so, wow. I was so indoctrinated that I was like, this isn't right. You know, and looking back on that, I'm like, you, I was literally so indoctrinated. I was comfortable with a man that I didn't know coming in and seeing me naked. Like, I mean, you don't take the thing off, but you can see, you know, and it they don't touch you sexually lots of people go into this weird and i just say you know what mormonism is weird enough on its own you don't need to make it weird it's weird enough just by itself you don't have to sensationalize anything they uh, bless your sinews that might sound familiar and um you know all these little blessings like like right here like above your navel it, it, they're not touching you in a sexual creepy way i mean it's creepy but it's uh, yeah it's no but different to be, than a doctor,
1: be a temple like it's a lot of retirees, like it's an honorable, yes, tradition to be a temple. What are they called? Servant, temple yeah. servant, or a, temple. a missionary?
0: They call them a temple missionary, yep. And any of those, um, positions are really well up there. But when you go through and you do this, the first time you go through for yourself, you take out your like, uh, like a Masonic rite, okay? It's like multiple hours you're in there with this garden story and eden and you get the signs and the tokens and the initiatory and all the stuff and the new underwear and it's a whole big thing and you get to where you go through the veil through the temple in the veil to the celestial room which is like fake heaven well your husband goes through first and he got he got his new name his new name is to be revealed to no one except for to god when he dies and to this guy for the first time, cause he's pretending to be God, you know, to let him in to heaven. And so he, he, yeah, he tells the guy his name, but he never tells me. And guess who I tell my name. I don't tell my name to God. I tell my name to my husband
1: oh,
0: because God. he is my God. Cause he owns the priesthood in our marriage. And without that, I cannot go to heaven. And they used to say that unmarried women wouldn't go to heaven. But now they don't anymore. And so the next time you go through, you do this, you get done with all that, and you go home, but you come back a lot. And the next time you go through, you go through for dead people. And they give you a name of a dead person when you get there. And they've even done Hitler. They've done Jews wow. that died. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I have the, Like the date and everything. It was December something. Um, but it, it's, it's wild. And when they started doing, like Anne Frank and the Jews that died in the Holocaust. That was it. The Jewish church was so upset. They were like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> like as right. they should be. I mean, these people died, you know, for what they believed. And so it was bad. They made an but agreement. Isn't they there like a special
1: relationship between Mormons and Jews? Like they'll go to each other's.
0: They do go to uh, each Passover or
1: whatever. Like there's, yes. there's, cause it's like an oppress. They share persecution. Yes. Yes. experiences.
0: Yep. And they support each other. But they were like, please stop doing this. And it's funny, they've done all the famous people like Marilyn Monroe and Elvis and all these people. And they say that you still have free choice to to take it or not. Once you get to heaven, you can say yes or no, not heaven. You're in a waiting room like basically. And you're waiting for these things to be done so you can go forward. Well, the thing is, is it's a kind of a violation, but also it goes back to that whole saying of Abraxas, who was a necromancer. And we are always delving into this stuff for dead people. And then the dead thing with his brother and all this weird stuff. And I'm like, I I often wonder what God they're praying to, you know? They're Jesus. Maybe is that's and like delightful. the family
1: psychology is like they had a dead older brother who should have been the leader. And then what is his role right. in the afterlife or whatever? So then they focused on it and made up some or whatever. Something. There was a a revelation that we have to baptize the dead. Well, they, and I think that,
0: that does. I think you're correct. Not just the brother, but all the children he had that died. I think that was maybe the token to Emma to say, you will be, because when people lose people in that church, they say, you will be with them again. They will be, you're sealed. When you get married in the temple, you get married for time and all eternity. That is not biblical. What does the Bible say? There is no male nor female. There is none of that, you know, no giving in marriage. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange to me. I'm like, that's very odd that they would, still continue with that, even though they know, you know, they, they absolutely know that that's not biblical. But when I first got out and I learned about some of these things and about grace, cause see here I am, uh, side by side with this man for eternity that took off on me, by the way, he took off with a polygamous girl, which was great. Um, no, that wasn't great.
1: <laughs> she
0: was already married. And she was the third wife of a polygamist. They don't share like the women don't get to do that, but she somehow did. And I was out of luck with some kids and I thought you gotta be kidding. I can't be stuck with this guy for time and all eternity, eternity. you know? And I went to the church and asked for divorce and they said, um, not until you get another husband to take his place. And, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, And there's very interesting things about that as well. That ritual, when you get married, you kneel over an altar and you're wearing that outfit. You're not wearing wedding clothes. You're wearing that outfit with the apron that I showed you. Like you're totally like in a
1: white thing, right? Like yeah, Yeah,
0: white. And then the green apron. And then you're holding hands across an altar and you're looking into, you know, the forever mirrors that they use in witchcraft, like that go on. Really? Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Two mirrors that face each other. So it looks like a tunnel forever, you know, like you see wow. down wow. and they That's say that that invokes spirits. Yeah, yeah. Like, and luckily, I mean, I'm out and I, I sure did a lot of repenting and just a lot of protection. Cause I don't want any of that. <laughs> I what would you recommend to somebody,
1: that? somebody in your situation? Like I had, have you heard of Diana Cannon Ragsdale?
0: no she no. wrote a book mm-hmm. maybe
1: she'd be a good guest for you it's loose cannon's memoir oh, of mania and mayhem in a mormon family but, okay um, right she i so. think she's kind of the same where she's like i've had enough of this and it's yeah. very foul phala- it's like a phallocentric it's very male mormonism it's yes like, i think maybe you it's can't go push- to heaven
0: yeah without right like husband. without your
1: man so you better do what you're told and stay yep. and stay in line All right. it seems like the christianity of my era is much more lenient. I mean, I, I, I get into, what you're saying. Well, yeah, I'm just saying that they're more structured. involved in women in leadership roles. Like they're not all homemakers or baking or something at church. Like no. there's ministries with women in them. And my, And I'm supposedly going to hell because <laughs> I'm part of a, pro, a Presbyterian denomination that oh, no. ordains women. <laughs> so I'm going to hell too. I really never even thought about it. I was just like, if she yeah, wants to do the they job. they do a
0: good job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah, it'd be whatever. Be, maybe
1: more empathetic. I don't know. Maybe female traits in this job would be good in certain ways.
0: I mean, right. I don't know.
1: It's not biblical, but it is interesting well, kind of in my kind of view of the Christianity, like the women is not... Uh,
0: left down a notch yeah, right like put yeah. down a notch and I was always like okay about it but I knew it existed like people would say, oh is it because you're a feminist I'm like I'm not really I'm I'm an equalist like I think all races colors uh sex everything should just be on an equal playing field for me you know I don't really care but but I'm like freedom like if you want to yeah. do it
1: then you should do try it. it and maybe do it's, it. Your if it's your calling it's your calling do it whether you're yeah. a woman and female if you want to be a homemaker or a home mom traditional wife do do it you want to be a feminist do it you want to be a hybrid do that yeah you know why you define yourself you know you don't have to be put into that some kind of place. you define yourself and then zap like mind control if you don't do this have 18 kids (laughs) and you're gonna go to hell like well you're not bringing
0: down your babies right dang it right
1: right, now when i like what would you recommend to somebody in your position what would you recommend to somebody who wanted to get out or
0: I tell people this, and this is what I do now, um, is I really, when I started getting out, I started just delving into the Bible, just the scriptures. And I still include the Apocrypha because I still read everything. And even later in in your journey, it's good to know a lot, like how you've learned a lot about occult stuff and things. Not for everyone. But for many of us, that's important so that we can identify things to show other people. If your brain isn't in that and you don't feel safe, obviously don't do that. But go down into the Bible and just study. I studied it every day for two years and journaled and just really put my heart in it. And also, I listened to a ton of Derek Prince. I love Derek Prince. He's passed away now, so no one can really say anything too bad because he's gone. You know, you can say what you want of him, I guess but he has some good um content for the heart and for, you know, he's I think, Pentecostal. But I am of no denomination. Fool me once, right? <laughs> I'm okay with the Bible and God and make a real relationship of it. Like there's so much, I don't think I ever read the Bible as a Mormon at all because they don't they say, oh, the Bible's only correct in as much as it's translated, which isn't correct. So, you never do you just don't really care you spend all your time in the book of mormon and i didn't really feel anything about the book of mormon like i i did it because you're supposed to do it and so i did but i never really felt inspired like i do with the bible like sometimes i'll open it to the same verse i've read a thousand times and i'll learn something else because it's the living word and as you grow and change that verse may apply to you another way the next time you read it, because you might be having a different kind of problem, you know? And that's why I think it's really important. People really have a working relationship with God. And however you need to find that, I mean, definitely the Bible is the first place you go. Uh, As for sermons, I love um, John Ramirez, Derek Prince, some of these people, but you know, they can be controversial. I get that. Take what you need out of it quit being so my number one thing for people in general it says we are not to be easily offended so don't be
1: don't be part (laughs) of this woke sensitive thin-skinned culture if you don't like it don't listen to it and it doesn't it's illogical to think if somebody's doctrines or opinion on one subject matter is wrong it negates the whole apple cart yeah it's
0: silly there's so many good sermons out there on youtube now and remember one other thing When Christ spoke, he spoke on top of mounts with lots and lots of people. He didn't go in a church. He actually didn't like that. He What did he call them? Pharisees. Like He didn't like the religious people. He hung out with riffraff. Now, is that how they stayed? No, you have to evolve. I'm not saying you can't be around people that are in a different type of thing than you, but ultimately, you don't want to be a sinner if you walk with sinners, right? You want to be the person that maybe helps inspire them or helps change their life in a positive way or whatever. But you don't have to bring yourself down a notch. You don't have to bring yourself above them either. Like I'm over that too. Like that hierarchy thing that I did as a Mormon. I I don't like that. You know, it made me not be very heartfelt for people, you know, and and just be yeah. truthful the, <clears> to yourself the real right? bible
1: is like you're a servant like according to christ yeah. you serve and if you feed people you're feeding him so the doctrines are sometimes they lose they get watered down or i feel that the values of like what christ is saying get subsumed between underneath denominational uh, yes. ideology and stuff like that it's too bad well that's why, that's it's, why I agree it's about with you, control right?
0: right like two or more in his name is church we're having church right now We're speaking about God. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's now some people really need that fellowship. I'm not discouraging that for them. They might have little kids that need that they might have. For me, this is what I have to do because try and find a few churches out here that aren't Mormon that you feel really comfy in. like they're few and far between. And it's just not there's not much to choose from. And honestly, like we've just kind of it gone into ourselves for that piece, not for everything else. We still talk to our Mormon. I love my Mormon neighbors. His family's all Mormon. Still, I don't ever, we never speak of this with them. I know they know I have this podcast. I would never recommend it. I don't put it on my private Facebook page. I don't talk to any person about my podcast that is active LDS. If they ask me, cause they heard like at work, They'll say, "Oh, I heard you have a podcast. What's the name of it?" And I'll say, "Are you LDS?" Out of respect, I won't. I really don't think you should listen to it if you are, because I don't, I'm not in the. I'm not trying to hurt anybody, and I'm not trying to force them into a situation like I was, where it was extremely uncomfortable when I came out. You know, that's it's, it's, it's hard to see. Yeah.
1: I bet yeah. there's a lot of people like you who won't come out of it for. A wide variety of family reasons, sons, daughters, their culture, you know, I lost,
0: I I lost almost everything. I, I got my child taken from me because my grandma called CPS and literally they dropped the case, but they also told me one thing, your daughter's 17 and a half, let go. I I recommend because if you don't and she runs away, then you are going to be responsible for money and this and that. And she was really close by, but I'll tell you that rift, whatever happened that year was her senior year. Our relationship did recover, but it never recovered fully. And when she met her husband, the same thing happened again. She just moved away. Like she didn't want to deal with anybody anymore. She was just done. And it was, I was just dead. I mean, I think that at that point in my life was the closest I ever wanted to die. I didn't want to kill myself. I didn't want to do anything bad. I just didn't want to live. You know, I was so sad. Yeah, yeah. And God helped me through it. Like, He, th- this podcast came as a part of all that study. I just absorbed myself into God and the Bible and everything because it was the only thing that could get me through it. And, and when I started coming out the other end, I was like, huh, well, I see things different now, you know, even though I'd been born again for a long time, um, at that point, I, I didn't focus on it because that daughter to me, everybody used to tease me. She's your favorite. She is, she's just my oldest and she's just a lot like me. And we used to hang out a lot. I don't know that I could have grown into who I am with her right there like how God says he takes things sometimes that we idolize. And I often wonder if that was my problem. Like, Oh man, I, I hope she can come back someday. You know, like the prodigal son, I would never require anything. I'd just be thrilled and have a party, you know, (laughs) it's been almost five years. So it's been really hard. yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Like I said, everything that happens bad to us and I've had a lot more than most people's fair share, but guess what? it's all what you do with it. Like, and I'm not just saying like, oh, I was happy every day and smiling like I am right now. Like, no, I cried a million tears and I was sad and despondent and depressed, but you don't want to live there. You have to go through it. You have to come out the other end. So that's my advice. Yeah. Yeah, That's my advice for people
1: i got to run. I gotta All right.
0: Go. Well, it has been my yeah. just absolute pleasure to speak with you. I appreciate you so much. It's
1: great and to if you, you ever want to come back.
0: back, yeah, I would love to Well, you that. never know. There's always
1: <laughs> something else to talk about. We, could, I, we right. didn't even cover any of my books or anything like that. So Yeah, I would love to do that. Those,
0: oh, my gosh. I would love to. Yeah, that lot. would be amazing.
1: All right. Keep in touch. Can that. you send me the audio tonight?
0: Absolutely. I will. Like to All right. It. Okay, Thank you.
1: Of course. Cool. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye.
0: ¡Eh!